in this series. This is week eight on persistent faith. The Lord was really stirring me a lot yesterday. There is so much ignorance and confusion about walking and living by faith. And we want to deal with that because there should be no confusion. You are made to walk and live by faith. The Holy Spirit is on the inside of you and he is here to teach you how to do that. The word of God empowers you to do that. And so we want to talk about that today. We're, we're continuing on talking about how faith is a rest. So turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6, we're going to look at verse 12. And that's where we're going to launch off today. I got to tell you, if you're around here very long, you're going to find out that we preach the word, don't we? Yes, we do. The reason why we preach the word is there's nothing else that's going to help you. So we preach the word. We do it in season. We do it out of season. Because, listen, we're all in a fight. It's a good fight because if you'll fight it, you'll win. And it's the fight of faith. In 1 Timothy 6.12, it says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called. Isn't that? That's a big Big statement. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold, or what that means is take hold of, eternal life. Now Paul wrote this to Timothy. Paul, had, I mean this was written in about AD, we estimate about AD 63. So Paul had probably been walking with the Lord at least 30 years. He knew how to fight the good fight of faith. So he's writing this letter to a young pastor, a pastor of the church of Ephesus, and, and it, his name is Timothy. And so he's saying, Timothy, I want you to fight the good fight of faith and lay hold of eternal life. Now, if eternal life meant being born again, that would have been a really odd statement because Timothy was born again. So it has to mean more than just, I accepted Christ and I'm going to heaven someday, right? Laying hold of eternal life could mean laying hold of your healing, laying hold of deliverance, laying hold of your freedom, laying hold of prosperity, whatever it is, it's all inclusive. But he said, fight the good of fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life. Or in other words, Timothy, lay hold on all the blessings of God that are a result of salvation, that are a result of eternal life. And then it says here, whereunto thou art called. Isn't that good news? You and I are called to lay hold of eternal life. You're called to lay hold of prosperity, of healing of deliverance, of wholeness, of soundness. You're called to do that. That's wonderful. And, it, and he finishes up by saying, and has professed a good profession before many witnesses. In other words, Timothy, you have, you're living what you preach. For us as pastors, you know, I can't give you something I don't have. I can't take you anywhere that I have not been. You've heard me say this so much, all ministry 
flows out of the overflow of your personal walk with him. Salvation is knowing God, and everything flows out of that. In your life, your, all of your ministry, all of your life, your life as a husband, a wife, a parent, your, your, your life as a minister, as an employee, as a business owner, all of it will flow out of the overflow of your personal walk with him. If there's no overflow, you're now walking in the flesh and you're going to walk much lower than, than God wants you to walk. If we have to fight the good fight of faith to lay hold on eternal life, then there's, there's something that's going to be keeping us, trying to keep us from laying hold. Is that right? Otherwise, he wouldn't say fight the good fight of faith. But we want to get free of this ignorance and confusion about walking by faith. Free from wrong ideas and misconceptions about what walking by faith is. So many believers think they're in faith and they're not. So many believers think they're in faith, but they're really just living a self-centered life and they're wondering why they're not laying hold of their eternal life. And the enemy's eating their lunch when all the time they've been given everything to walk in freedom in this area. See, there's so many situations where people call it faith that it's not even faith. We have to preach the word. And today, I pray that it'll bring, because the word of God will bring clarity to what faith is. Because you're not supposed to have faith events. You're supposed to walk by faith. You're supposed to live by faith. See, when people don't get results, you're believing God for something. They don't get results. They get confused. They get discouraged. Sometimes they even get mad at God. Have you ever met anybody that's gotten mad at God? I don't want to, I don't want to show of hands of anybody who's ever gotten mad at God. Right? Why would they do that? Why would people get confused, discouraged? Why would people even think that they should get mad at God? The reason why they do that is because they think God let them down. Listen, I was believing you for this, and this didn't happen. And I don't understand why, God. I don't understand why. And I'm mad at you because you let this happen. Right? you got to be really careful. God has never, ever, ever, ever let anyone down. God has never failed anyone. What we're doing right now is I'm bringing complete simplicity and clarity to everything. He's never failed anyone. God has never failed not one time to keep his word. He watches over his word to perform it, and he always performs his word. So what I'm saying is, if you get in faith and stay in faith, it is impossible for you not to get the results of it. Rejoice in that. This isn't complicated. If God said it, and I believe it in my heart, and speak it out of my mouth, and act on it, and never give up on that, it has to come to pass. 
in this realm right now. I don't walk in victory in theory where I sit, I sit in my living room, sipping my cup of coffee, and I hear these anointed ministers, and I just go, wow, this is so wonderful. Bill Winston, I mean, man, it's just connecting with everything. And then I turn off the channel, and I take my eyes off the word and go back into my life. No, it doesn't work like that. Whenever you're not hearing the word, you start meditating in the word. You submit your life to the word of God and it will work. Brother Hagin said this years and years ago. I've been hearing him say this since the early 80s. I hear him say it more now. I listen to him more now than I ever listened to him while I sat in his classes at Ramah. But he always says this. The word will work if you work it. I remember sitting at Ramah so full of myself, so ridiculous, going, yeah, okay, I got it. Why do you got to keep saying that? It, that's so simple. Now that I've been walking in this for 30-some years, I'm like going, wow, the Word of God works if you'll work it. It's absolutely the truth. Is it the truth because Brother Hagin said it? Nope. Who's Brother Hagin? Man, you know what? He's a wonderful man of God living in heaven right now, right? I'm so thankful for what God did, but really everything that came out of his mouth, everything good, it's from him. It, it's, it's all God. It's, it's not man. If you think this has happened, if you think for some reason that God has let you down, that you don't understand why and you just think that, you know what, I, I was believing and it just didn't work. This is what your situation is right now. Your thinking is wrong. If you think you've believed God and it just didn't work, then your thinking's wrong. So praise God, let's learn that and let's change our thinking, right? You're not seeing things correctly. And the word of God will help you see things correctly. But the ignorance and the darkness that people walk in is no excuse to doubt the character and nature, the goodness and faithfulness of God. God has never let anyone down and he never will. The cool thing is, if you've ever been mad at him, he doesn't get mad at you. He just keeps wooing you. He'll keep bringing people across your path. He'll have your pastor teach and say some things that maybe he'll put your flesh and make it a little uncomfortable to help you. But just realize, if I ever say anything that kind of messes with you, think of how much it messes with me. Because, you know, he doesn't talk to me about, well, you know, they need this and they need that. You know, never. He talks to me, Tony, come on, we got to get the ignorance and the blindness out of you in regards to your faith walk. Yes, sir. Amen? I'm so glad for that. So if you, there, and, and boy, I mentioned this the other day. I'm going to mention it again. The Lord was, was taking me through the book of Job last night. Just, just really in a moment of time. You know, Job was a man... So the book of Job was written by Moses. It was the first book written in the Bible. And the, I believe the reason why is because if you don't get the message of that book, 
this is where all this why God why comes from. So Job had a lot of bad things happen in his life, didn't he? He had a lot of bad things happen in his life. Then three friends of his come. These friends were philosophers. They were intellectuals of the day. And they, for chapter, have you ever read it? You're like, oh, this is brutal. <laughs> chapter after chapter after chapter, right? They're going over why, why did this bad thing happen to Job? Why do bad things happen to good people? And they kept debating that and, 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 and going through and arguing and talking back and forth over and over and over about this. They debated several chapters on why did this happen to Job, and they came up with the conclusion, well, Job, you're just not good enough. And Job disagreed with them. So he's like, no, 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 that's not it. So they debate, they debate, they debate, they debate. And about chapter 38, 38 of, chap of 42 chapters in this book, 38 chapters of this nonsense, 74 things did Job say about God that was not true. What do we do with it in all of our wisdom after thousands of years of revelation knowledge in the word of God that we have not listened to? We come up with a worship song. He gives and takes away. And we think we're pleasing God when we lift our hands and tell our Father, yeah, you give and you take away. Blessed be your name. He's like, what? <laughs> I, I'll tell, he's sitting on the throne going, turn that off, man. I'm not listening to that. Find, let's, let's find some people that are worshiping me in spirit and truth here, right? So 38 chapters, and then God shows up. And God shows up and he speaks to Job out of a whirlwind. Now, it's real interesting. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't deal with the whole thing. He, he never deals with why bad things happen to good people. He never answers the question to Job, well, Job, this is why this happened. Now, we could see it with New Testament truth. Job opened the door. But we read it in the King James Version and we see Satan come before God and we see Satan go, well, you know, he's talking to, to God and then God goes, well, have you considered my servant Job? Do you know that's not what the Hebrew says? It says, I see that you're considering my servant Job. And, and another one where it says, it, it appears in English like God saying, okay, behold, I put him in your hand. No, that's not what the Hebrew says. The Hebrew says, he's already in your hand. So, so, but because we don't dig, we don't see that. And we believe something that the whole Bible doesn't agree with. Right? So here's God. He shows up. He never talks to Job about why. Never. But he says, stand up like a man. It's a little hard. But what's he trying to do? See, God is love. He's not there for him. He's there for Job. And he knows if he can't get Job to start thinking differently, if he can't get Job off of his, his, these detrimental thought processes, or we could call them vain imaginations, he can never help him. 
So he starts doing this. The lowest form of revelation knowledge is, is God in creation. That's how he, he even shows to people that don't know him. The Bible says in Romans chapter 1 that the whole earth, the Trinity is revealed in creation. So God shows up and he starts, he just starts firing these questions at Job. I wrote two of them down. Where were you, Job, when I laid the foundation of the earth? What does that have to do with the guy? He goes, but Job, that's one of the first questions. Then other question, do you know the ordinances of heaven? Do you know how these ordinances of heaven connect with the earth? Do you understand why the waves come? I mean, he's talking to him about all this stuff, and you could just, as you're reading it, if you just listen down on the inside, you could hear Job saying, uh, no, sir. I mean, could you imagine Job's like, well, I'm a righteous man, and why did this happen? All of a sudden, there's this whirlwind, and now a voice, God speaks out of it. And Job's instantly probably like, oh, Good feeling gone. And then God starts talking to him. What about this? I, 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 I don't know. No, I don't know. And over and over for chapters, a few chapters, I, I don't know. And I don't know why, God. And, and you know, I, I just don't know. And, and I don't know why. Well, what about this, Job? Well, I just don't know why. Why would God do that? At the end of it, Job goes, I have spoken wrongly about you. And I'm going to just put my hand over my mouth. Right? Why did God do that? God was showing Job. This, this is a foundation of your life, I hope, after this moment. God was showing Job that if you don't understand all of this stuff, no, how in the world would you ever understand the why of your situation? That's why he did that. He was trying to show Job that knowing the why of your situation, it will never fulfill you. It never fulfilled Job, and it'll never fulfill you. And if you're going to have persistent faith, Faith is being fully persuaded that what God said is true. See, this, this, we could go home after this. I might explode this afternoon if we do, but I, you know, we could. Because this is key, guys. Everybody, do you ever talk to people? And you're the faith person, I know, because you go to that church. Right? It's okay. That's all right. When, when the going gets tough, they're going to be coming to you. And it's, all, it's good because you're going to, in love, help them. But knowing the why is not the issue. It never is. Who always talks to you about the why? Satan. Why is that tumor gotten bigger? Why is your knee hurting more? Why is this? Why is that? Why have you prayed and you've not got your answer? I'm telling you, forget the why. Because this, we're not fighting the good fight of knowledge to lay hold of eternal life. You have to fight the good fight of faith 
to lay hold of eternal life. Now that was worth you coming this morning. I am still, I could hardly sleep last night hearing this from God. This is huge. This is a huge thing. Forget the why. Forget the how. The how is not your deal. Our job is very clear. If I'm willing and if I'm obedient, I'll eat the good of the land. You and I, our job is to choose life. Not to understand everything about it. See, you could fight the good fight of faith and lay hold of eternal life without ever knowing why. I'm telling you, this is huge. The question from the book of Job is this. It's not only a question, it's a principle. What do you do when you don't know why? If you'll take that and give that to the Lord, you will live at such peace. Because i got to tell you, in a very short period of time, we're going to be in heaven. Your life is like that. And we're going to be in eternity and I'm telling you, you're, you're going to see a lot of people walking around going, oh, wow, yeah, I, I see that. That's why. Wow, that's why. I thought, but that's why. That's exactly right, isn't it? What am I saying? We've been talking for weeks on trusting God. Trusting God. And I'm here to tell you guys, you can trust him. He is trustworthy. He'll never let you down. If you have to know why in order to believe and trust God, you've never done it. You've never believed. You've never trusted. It's okay. If you're believing God for something and right now you're like, oh, I guess I'm really not believing God. That's a great thing. Have you ever had, I mean, it happened to the disciples. Yes, it did. You know, Jesus is like, you know, if somebody, if, if somebody does you wrong seven times in a day, you, and they come and they, they want forgiveness, yeah, you forgive them. And Peter's like, oh, Lord, increase my faith. I mean, he probably said it like this with chest out, oh, I'm Peter. Oh, Lord. And looking around at people, making sure everybody's looking at him. Increase my faith. I could just see John sitting there. James and John are just going, oh boy. Here he goes again. Right? And what did Jesus say? Well, if you had faith. I remember when we were believing God for a building. We're looking at buildings. I'm the black cloud guy. I pull into the parking lot going, nope, this is not it. This building we were looking at, I would bring guys from the church over, and they would just be like, you could see it in their face. They didn't really want to say anything. But they're just like walking away going, oh my gosh, is this not the building? You know, so I go out to California and I'm like, okay, I've got to go somewhere. I've got to get away from everybody. I, I have to find out, is this the building or not? Because I really thought it was. You know, thank God, because it was right behind Ambassador's Church. It was this building, 25,000 square foot. It's now a storage area and I'm so grateful it's a storage area. You know, because that would have not been our building. And so I'm sitting there, 
day one, day two. God's talking to me about my kids. He's talking to me about this and that. I'm like, Lord, I need to know about this building. And after several days, he's like, he goes, Tony, you're not even in faith about this. I'm like, what? He's like, you're not even in faith. And, and he, he said, just look down on the inside of you. And the minute I did, it was like this word settle just came up. He goes, you just think that, that the congregation can afford this building. That's what's given you so much trouble. You're not even in faith. And I knew instantly, yeah, this isn't the building. So we ended up, you know, calling a realtor when I got back. And I'm just like, yeah, this isn't it. And the realtor's like, oh, man, I went and looked at that Christian Science Church. Tony, I think you should maybe look at this. And, but, but when we walked in the building, we're just like, what are these people doing in our building? We just knew. This is the way it is when you get in faith. Don't be afraid if you, if, you, if you leave here today and go, gosh, you know, I thought I was believing God, but I'm really not. Here's the big thing, though. Don't buy the enemy's lie and think you got to go all the way back to square one and start over. No, forget it. Every blessing of God is already yours. Your faith lays hold of it and brings it in this realm. That's what happens. So if you've let go of something, just pick it back up. God, I didn't, I didn't believe half the stuff I was saying. Because when you're in faith, faith will speak to the mountain. It won't want to talk about the mountain. You'll never have all the answers in every, one of, every situation of your life. That's okay. If there's something you need to know, God will make sure you know. There's a lot of stuff that you don't need to know. Because it'll distract you. This is a good fight of faith. It's not a knowledge fight. You don't have to have all the answers to win this fight. Really, faith is simply trusting because you're fully persuaded. <laughs> this is what's really cool. Satan hates this stuff. You can be strong in faith without having a clue. You don't have to know anything about diabetes, cancer, to be healed of it. You don't have to know anything about it. You don't even have to, you don't have, to have a clue. The Holy Spirit will lead you in everything. Turn over to Isaiah 41. I want to read this scripture to you. Isaiah 41.10. This is a big, big scripture. Number one, it says this. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. In English, modern day English, it says, don't fear because I'm with you. Be not dismayed. That means, that word dismayed means don't be broken down and confused. Why? Because I'm your God. I will strengthen you. Yea, I will help you. Yea, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Isn't that good news? See, in this position, in this position, all that's left to do is just thank him. And that's what Satan doesn't want you to know. Abraham grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. He wasn't trying to figure out how a 90 
100-year-old lady and a 100-year-old guy is going to have a baby when they couldn't do it when they were young. He wasn't trying to figure that out. Why? Because he was fully persuaded. He was in faith. Now, it took him, it took him like 24 years to get in faith. But he got there. Don't, don't buy this lie, oh man, I'm getting older, I've really blown it. You, you hear people in their 50s that do that, in their 60s, in their 70s, in their 80s, oh, I'm just running out of time. Guess what? You also hear people in their 40s that do that. You also hear people in their 30s. Come talk to some of these in their 20s. Oh, I'm 25 years old. My life is over. I've just messed it up. Right? No, 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 no. God redeems the time. The day of salvation. Remember how he says today is the day of salvation? That's not just for somebody getting saved. It's for all of us. What you do is you look to God. You don't know why what's happening in your life is happening. Get, get if, if Satan illegally puts a disease or some sickness or some weakness on you, do you ever notice how when you walk around, if, if it's a knee or if it's a hip or if it's something, you'll walk around and the enemy will talk to you. I wonder why nobody else has this problem. It's just you. I wonder why. See, he wants to get your eyes off the Lord. But this will get you through everything. You look up to God through the tears, through the unanswered questions, through the confusion, through the darkness all around you, and you say, Father, I trust you. That's what you do. I don't understand, but I trust you. This is, the, this is what Job is all about. I don't understand all of the why of this situation, but I know this, you are a good God. I trust you. I will hold on to you through my last breath. I will believe you forever. I will never, ever stop. That's faith. Do you understand that? It's looking through all the junk Listen, healing's very simple. All of it's very simple. You believe what God said in your heart, you speak it out of your mouth, and you act on it, and you just thank him for it. There's no reason to ask him for the same thing more than once. You ask him once, you believe you receive, you lay hold of it, and then you just thank him for it. And all oh, the onslaught of all those thoughts will come. Why is it not happening yet? Why this? Why that? And that's where you just lift up your hands and go, Father, I don't need to know why. I trust you. I will trust you with my last breath. I will hold on to you. I'll never let go. I am fixed and immovable in you. That's faith. That will bring you through anything because that positions you for him to bring you through everything. So if you'll notice all we've talked about, we would say that persistent faith Persistent faith is all about a personal relationship with God. It's all about your personal trust in the Lord. All about that. You will have to fight to hold on to trusting God. Because that's the fight of faith. 
circumstances, people, Satan will use people, circumstances, situations to try to get your eyes off this. There is a lot in this world that will try to shake your faith and move you away from looking to God. But this is us. You cannot wear the faith out of us. You can't wear it out of us, Satan. You, no circumstance can wear faith out of me. Right? You can't knock the faith out of me. We're people of faith. You can't knock the faith out of you. You can't scare the faith out of anyone here. Why? Because we have made a decision that I believe God. You can't talk the faith out of me. Right? You can't reason the faith out of me. I've made a decision. I'm a child of God. I walk by faith, not by sight. I'm fixed and immovable in that. You can try. You try to knock the faith out of me, talk the faith out of me, reason the faith out of me, and you will get me in a position of fight. I'll become a mountain and I won't be moved. Right? Don't let Satan move you. Look down on the inside of you because you're more than a conqueror. And this is your time. This is your time. This is your season on the earth to do everything that God's called you to do, to live a glorious life and bear divine fruit and walk in dominion over all that the enemy would bring against you. So we need to be people, well, that's just not my personality. Yes, it is. I'm telling you, when you get pressed, this thing out of your spirit called patience, hupomene, it's endurance, it literally will stand there, and the harder it's pressed, the more it presses until the thing changes. You are more than a conqueror through Christ. They that know their God, Daniel says, will be strong. That means they'll be courageous enough that in the middle of not understanding, the middle of all these questions, the middle of all these circumstances, they will seize hold of the promise of God. And they'll do exploits. And they'll do things beyond their own ability. Oh, you can throw them in a furnace, but they'll walk out the other end, not even be burned. That's not a fairy tale. These are Hebrew children that were not even filled with the Spirit of God, didn't even have a spirit that you have. But they know, they knew their God. How much more? You know your God. You know Him. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. So we got to go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. Because I want to read this to you. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. You guys doing okay today? I'm telling you, you're more than a conqueror. You're above and not beneath. Don't be moved by people. Don't ever let anything outward move you. You're believing God for a spouse that's not saved. Don't be moved by how they act. They're spiritually dead. You can't save them. You can't change them. You just keep believing God. The Holy Spirit is the greatest convincer in the world. He will do everything he can to convince them. And you'll see them get saved. Well, there, I just, there's just no way. 
You have no idea, Pastor. Yeah, you're right. I have no idea about your situation, but I have a lot of ideas about how big he is. And he's bigger. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Look at what Paul is saying now. Now, this is probably A.D. 64. Here is Paul. He is at the end of his life now. Paul, in these verses, show us that this earth is like a gigantic airport. Right? There are arrivals. There's also departures. If the Lord tarries, there's going to be a departure. I'm going to depart. I'm not going to cease to exist. I'm just going to depart and go to something much better, the next phase. It's all good. Be the most exhilarating feeling in my life. At the rapture, we're probably going to be like, wow, did that feel good. You know, even though I'm standing up here in the sky and I really don't like heights, but I don't really care anymore. And Oh, Jesus, there you are. Right? So, I mean, it's going to be glorious. There's arrivals, there's departures. Look at this. So he looks at this young pastor who he loves, and look at what he says. Now, he's talking about the last days. So if they were in the last days, we are in the last seconds. And he said this, Timothy, I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick, the alive, and the dead at his appearing, and his kingdom. What is the charge? This is it. Timothy, I charge you, preach the word. This rings in my ear all the time. Well, that's silly. Of course we preach the word. Oh, no. Paul was telling Timothy, listen, you, I charge you, make sure, Timothy, you're always preaching the word of God. Be instant, in season and out. That means preach the word where it's popular and preach the word where maybe it's not. Right? I mean, I can tell when I talk to certain people in certain situations, I talk to them about the Lord as the Holy Spirit's telling me, and I can tell sometimes it's like, they're, they're kind of like, what? But they're, they're attracted. And then other times you might have something happen to you. I've had this happen, where all of a sudden a person walks up to your booth in a restaurant, and you're witnessing to a couple that you've been in a relationship with years, and they throw, they throw the ticket down and go, you, I have had to listen to your voice. Come on. You know, talking about God and all this stuff. You have ruined my breakfast and you're buying my breakfast. Hello. Now that's happened to me. One time. But a ton of times, it's been wonderful. Oh, hey, I've been listening. It is such, just, you guys are blessing me. You know, if Pastor Dave and I go to breakfast somewhere, everybody hears because our mouths, our voices carry, right? But this one time, and I looked at this, this gentleman, this elderly gentleman, and I'm like, sir, I go, it'd be my honor. I'm so sorry that I upset you, but I'd be my honor to buy you breakfast. I mean, the manager is coming over going, Pastor, listen, we will never let that person in this. No, I'm like, no, 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 please. And you're not going to buy his breakfast? Yes, I want to buy his breakfast. And the two people who really I want to get them saved, want to see them come to know God, the wife is ready to jump over her husband and beat the guy up. 
You know, I mean, it's just like, she's like, you know. And, and, and uh, so he's walking to his car. He's an elderly man, and he's all alone. And he's walking to his car alone. And they're like, man, you handled that so well. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, that, that was really good. Because that's my personality, man. I just, I can't jump in my flesh sometimes in those situations. But I, I showed him, I said, guys, I go, see, he's walking to his car alone. I said, I don't know what's happened to him. But I could tell you this, yeah, he's hurting. Maybe he just lost his wife. Maybe his wife just, you know, who knows? You know, but that's, thank God for the love of God. But here's the thing. You preach the word in season and out of season. I believe that I'll see that guy in heaven. He's going to walk up to me and go, man, those words that were just, want, I wanted to slap you. See, here's the cool thing. We leave and we don't think about it anymore. He leaves and those words, God loves you, God loves you, God loves you. Right? I, I believe that. Preach the word, be in season and out of season. It says rebuke. This word rebuke, this is a wonderful word for us pastors. It, it means that when we teach the word, things will show you that you're wrong. That's no fun for us. We could be tempted to dumb it down a little bit, but I love you too much for that. Because we're in a, we're, this, this is a life and death thing. Be willing when you go to the word of God for the word of God to completely change your paradigm. You submit to the word. Don't find a translation that says what you want. You want to know what it says. And the Holy Spirit will tell you what it says. And if it proves you wrong, cool. I want to be proved wrong. If I'm wrong, I want all this wrong out of my life because being right is wonderful. Rebuke, that means charge people. Exhort, that means comfort them, encourage them, and aid them with all long-suffering and doctrine. Do you ever notice that we don't beat you up with the Bible? If I'm ever just, ah, you need to do this and do that, that's not God. That's not his word. It's always exhort, encourage, aid. Oh yeah, in there is reproof. That exhorting might show you that, oh man, I'm thinking about this thing wrong. That's good. You know, have you ever noticed when God corrects you, you're like, you're, it stings your flesh a little bit, but your spirit's going, oh man, that's awesome. To where you run to it. Paul told Timothy, preach the word why, because it's not always popular. For pastors, I deal with pastors, I minister to pastors from time to time, that they're tempted because this other church started and man, all of a sudden they have four times the people I have and maybe I should, oh, you know, I know the Lord has prompted me to teach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but oh my gosh, I better not do that because I could lose people. Too late, you've already lost them. See, you got, see, it's not popular sometimes to preach the word. Why am I saying this to you? This is written for me as a pastor. It's written to you because right. you're to preach the word. Right. You preach the word with your life. You preach the word with your mouth. What do you say? Whatever the Holy Spirit leads you to say. See, a lot of people, you go to churches 
and they'll preach politics. Won't they? That won't help you. Preaching, we got to preach social reform. That's not going to help you either. The word will help you. Some, some will preach diet and exercise. You got to eat certain things and we're going to focus on that. And oh, that, that, That's not going to help you. Get a book on nutrition. Here's a big one. You could be tempted to preach opinion. Well, I just think this. Our opinion is not going to change anybody, but the word of God will. Here's a big one too. I could preach my experience. And you know what? It's okay to use your experience to preach as long as your experience lines up with the word. I could preach, here's a big one. Well, I just feel strongly about this, so I'm going to preach my strong feelings. No, no, no. Preach the word. Why? Look at verse 3. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. And church, to this, I would say, what is it, August 12th, 2018? We could read it like this. For the time is here when they will not endure sound doctrine. Sound doctrine, you have to endure it. What do I mean by that? You have to, you have to be, like, like I could just sense there's so many people here who are hungry. You endure it. But if you ever, if you ever stop, you'll be tempted to leave. Anywhere that's preaching the word, you'll be tempted to leave because sometimes it makes your flesh uncomfortable. And if you don't want to change, see, here's what we're seeing so much of right now. People who have heard the word for years just don't want to hear it anymore. Or they don't want to hear it in a setting where there might be some accountability. So I'm going to go to a church that has thousands of people so I could just kind of go and disappear, and I could hear something and then leave. Or now, I'll just, I, one pastor that I know, his, his numbers dropped 40% when he live streamed. 40%. Ours dropped 10. I love live stream, though, because our numbers came back up, and now we have all these people. And when we were on vacation, I mean, man, it was awesome watching Pastor Dave preach from a jacuzzi in Hawaii. That was, that was wonderful. <laughs> But live stream's wonderful. We're going to preach the word. You got to preach the word. The time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they reap or shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Tell me what I want to hear, Pastor. Tell me how blessed I am. Don't tell me what I need to do. And for, you better not ever tell me I need to give, right? Or I'll just leave. No, 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 we're going to preach the word so that you can walk in victory and become all that God wants you to be. It says, verse 4, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth. Do you know anybody like that? I, I, know, I know a lot of people like that. And you see their life and it's just, they're such wonderful people and they have so much they could give to the body of Christ. Unusable. Let me say this. The Lord told me this years ago, 
He said, Tony, if you look at the Bible, 95% of the people that there was a plan for their life never finished their course. And this is the number one reason, because they didn't work on their weaknesses. They never submitted their weaknesses to the Lord. And he told me, he said, for you to follow my plan for your life, it will expose every weakness in you. And he said, if you'll give me those weaknesses, I'll turn every one of them into strengths. So this is how you live. This is, see, this is the walk of faith. You, you could still have some insecurities, some things. As a matter of fact, you do have things. Your flesh is going to give you problems all the time. You're not going to feel like you're in faith. You're not going to feel good. If you just want to feel good all the time, your life's going to be a mess. Because you'll have to eat what you, only what you want, and you'll have to say only what you want, and then you're only going to go to, go to a church where you're going to hear only what you want, and you'll have friends. So I'm telling you, Satan will get you in a place where there's no life coming to you. Be real careful for that. But if you'll turn those weaknesses over to the Lord, he'll turn them into a strength. This is why we here as a church family give unlimited grace to each other because we are all a work in progress. Yes, we are. We're all a work in progress. But it's fun. Because the fingerprints of God are all over us. And although we're not completely developed... Man, we're growing every day and he, you know, you start to do well and then you're reading the Bible and then all of a sudden you turn a page and a verse slaps you. Oh, man. But then what you do is you're like, God, I know you're good. I know you helped me through the last 25 things here. I don't even know how I'm going to get free from this, but I know that you've, set, you've made me free, so I'm free. So here it is. And I'm willing to do and say and go wherever you want me to go. That's how you walk it out. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Man, the internet is full of fables. We, we had one guy that came to our church. They've since moved away. And uh, man, he left this one church. And uh, he, he, it was, the church had a big split. And, and he came and, and you could just tell you know, he, he's just growing because he heard this whole word of faith thing was just out to lunch. And uh, he had a lot of friends that would make fun of him for coming to our church. And he came up to me one day, he'd been here probably a year, and he said, Pastor, I want to thank you. He goes, he goes I, I'm so glad that I'm not sitting in a service and hearing you tell a story in first person about your family where you get three quarters of the way through the story and you realize, wait a minute, a coworker just sent me that link and I read that story on the internet. It wasn't even about him. He goes, I'm so glad that doesn't happen because that would happen all the time. Now, can, can a pastor use internet stuff? Absolutely. You know, as a matter of fact, I could go down to a bookstore or I could even order it online and get the 2018 sermon book that will have every sermon for me. Could you imagine how dead that would be? I could be a pastor and not even be in the Word and come and just be a parrot. 
I have people send me sermons sometimes. I can't even look at them because I'm just like, I just, that is, I just can't do that. I have one pastor friend. This guy is so together and he's awesome. God lays out the whole year for him. I was talking to him one time. I'm like, you know, it, it's Thursday and I don't even know what I'm teaching on. I, I might not even know Saturday when I'm teaching on Sunday. But we're all different. But we got to preach the word. Look at verse 6 of the same chapter. I'm closing up now. For I am now ready. Paul is saying, he's at the end of his life, he says, I am now ready to be offered and the time of my departure is at hand. Church history tells us when they brought him to be beheaded that he broke away from the guards and he ran to the place where they cut your head off and he put his head down. He's like, I'm ready. There's no fear. Do it. It's all good. I'm ready. Verse 7. I have fought. Look at this. I'm ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I wonder if he's talking about the fight of faith. I have finished my course. You and I, listen, you need to make a stand and go, I will finish my course. If you've got sickness or disease in your body, that's going to press you because you're going to have to stand. I'm not giving up. This has to get out of my body because I'm finishing. I'm finishing my course. I'm not putting up with this anymore. The good news is, is all of heaven will help you. I fought a good fight. I finished my, my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, verse 8, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only. Are you excited about this? But unto all them also that love his appearing. I want to I close with this. I fought the good fight. I fought it. I finished my course. I, that means I've yielded all my fruit in my season and I've run my race. How we do that, guys, is by literally making a decision. For me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to walk in the love of God. I'm going to walk by the faith of God. I'm going to be led by the mighty Holy Spirit of God. And I'm fixed and immovable in that. You can't knock the faith out of me. You can't talk it out of me. You can't reason it out of me. I don't care what I have to lay down. I am going to live my life before my God. And whatever he wants to do, we're going to do. And I'm going to believe him that his word is true, and you'll have, to look, you'll have to look Satan right in the eye and say, Satan, I do, you don't even know how much I don't care what's going on. I already have the victory. I'm not trying to be victorious. I already have it. I'm not trying to be successful. I already am. Right? I'm not trying to prosper and increase. I already am in Christ, and now you have to bow to it. Ha, 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 right? That's the walk of faith.